Welcome, to everybody, to the second episode of the Fantastic Treasure Podcast, a bi-weekly actual play of the, uh, checking my notes, Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path. Last week, our heroes three, four, five, depending on, on what you count as a hero. Do they have to be capable of Each thought? Each is my hero. Oh, that's so, that's so sweet. <laughs> Do they have to be capable of speech? Do they have to be humanoid? Do they have to just be alive? Now, these are all questions you must ask ourselves. Not really. <laughs> But um, basically, our heroes, three to five, depending, uh, did many marvelous deeds, such as talking to a child, stopping a bar fight, brawling almost with dying. a woman in broad <laughs> Yeah, almost dying. Brawling with a woman in broad daylight. Uh, obviously, I'm oversimplifying these. I'm just trying to play down their achievements because I hate all of them, everyone involved. I just want I all that. your characters to die. Me too. Yeah, we I love you too. specifically. <laughs> Go team! Woo! <laughs> uh, before we started today's episode... I do have like a whole checklist of stuff I want to talk about. First up is hero points. I talked about this in between sessions with my players and uh, like 10 minutes before we went on. If anyone wants to say what they think hero points do, take the floor. If you want to make a roll and make it a better roll, you use a hero point to roll again. <laughs> Wait, I thought hero points were healing. Basically, if your dying condition would increase, you can spend all of your hero points to lose a dying condition, but not gain the wounded condition, as you typically would from losing the dying condition. Do um, we only have yeah. one per game? You get one every two sessions, and you also gain mm -hmm. another one for heroic deeds. For instance, mm -hmm. um, it's not a, necessarily a heroic deed to um, down an enemy, but it would be a heroic deed to do something above and beyond what is expected of you. Like if you rush into a burning building to save a child, that's a heroic deed. Additionally, if you have an animal companion or familiar, you can spend it on behalf of your animal companion. And we are using an additional house rule. We are using a variety of house rules. We will talk about that more in Phantasmal Coffers, which will come out in like four or five weeks uh, from the time of this episode airing. Um, you can spend it additionally as a reaction to assist someone nearby. Essentially saying you can help your friend if they don't have any left. Um, or if they, you just want to help them out. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is, I don't think I was clear about this last episode. We are being, we are a bi-weekly podcast, which means we release every Monday, every 14 days. This might change in the future, depending on if we can, like, get money off of this. But as it stands, it is a hassle to edit. That's mainly the big reason. It's a hassle to edit, and everyone is kind of busy considering we're all adults or just about adults, or ha have a job, as to in Tony's case. Point being... This will be a bi-weekly podcast, but depending on what happens, how much revenue, or if any revenue we can get at all happens, etc., we might move to weekly. Um, this is something we can talk about later, which probably in like three years if we ever get that far. If we can make money off of it, fantastic. I would love to do a podcast as a full-time job. That's probably not going to happen for at least like a year minimum. Um, It'd be pretty sick. It would be pretty sick. Something else I did want to mention is last episode, I mentioned that Eith, not Ethi, Tessara has no weapons. While this is technically accurate, um, one of the feats that they have is Seed Pod, which, um, as written, uh, it's, a, it's an ancestry feat, they get it from being a Leshy. As written, it's, your body produces a neatly ended supply of hard seed pods. You get a seed pod range attack that deals 1d4 bludgeoning damage. On a critical hit, a seed pod bursts, issuing forth a tangle of vegetation that imposes a minus 10 circumstance penalty on the target speed form round. Seed pods do not add critical special vegetation effects. Basically, Tony is always armed. They can just pull out a seed and say, yeah! I also have a slingshot now, don't I? 
yeah, you can pick up a sling if you want. There's also a dagger and a hatchet. The sling, you can't sell for anything. Uh, the bullets, you have 10 uh, sling bullets. You can sell for half a copper. So you guys are probably going to keep this item. Uh, something I've been thinking about and I want to write into this, and it's also somewhat supported via the actual adventure path, is that this police force is a lot different from uh, IRL. Um, obviously, you know, living in the world, we cannot completely divorce ourselves from the circumstances of the world we live in. Um, that's just simply impossible. But I want to make this a lot better. Um, I think I mentioned this last week, but essentially, this police force is different because you guys are uh, almost akin to licensed freelancers. And I did mention last week, I think that there is an independent committee for charging officers. Uh, so basically, like you, while you are licensed freelancers, uh, kind of, you are still beholden to the city. You are still beholden to the edge watch or the, um, the go basically the city watch around you, basically. I think we talked about this, but essentially, you guys are not a huge unified system. That's like a different thing. I think it's called the First Guard or the Star Watch or something like that. The Absalom has like its own actual city-funded thing. Typically, most of your revenue is going to not come from the station, but will come from the uh, people that you help out. It's not an extortion-based system. Uh, typically, at least, you wouldn't be able to just like, oh, well, Mrs. Doubtfire, we certainly helped you. Now give us 30 gold. You know, it's more like... <laughs> Why Mrs. Doubtfire? And that was the first one that came into my head. Uh, <laughs> two more things before we actually get started. Uh, Tessara and Aliara. I was looking into it, and while there is no rule that disallows both of you riding on Ethi, due to how, like, bulk constraints work and how mounting creatures work, I am going to go ahead and say that you can't both be riding on Ethi. Oh, um, what? Sorry, bro. Uh, Why not? Ethi's big as f Look, Ethi takes up four of the squares. I feel like two people should be able to ride on Ethi. Ethi has a bulk limit of, uh, without being uncovered, of, I believe it's either seven or fourteen. Uh, Tessara weighs three bulk, Aliar weighs, uh, weighs six bulk. That's nine bulk already. Yeah. And then your gear. Okay, but like, okay, but it's not going to be all the time. It's mostly for the aesthetic. Yeah, that's fair. It's mostly <laughs> for like, uh, in combat, we can just say Aliar like leaps off with cat-like reflexes uh, into a pit of spikes and is like, oh, if only my cat-like reflexes had saved me. <laughs> and then, ooh, I have, I have your, your name written down as Tess down here instead of Tessara. Ooh. Heck yeah, as the kids might say. Um, yeah, wow. cursing is going to be edited. <laughs> cursing is going to be edited out in post, but um, and I'm not trying to be like your mom because I'm not your mom. Um, basically, try to refrain, but if yeah. you don't, it'll just be removed in post. Okay. Um, um, yeah. So if you guys, if the audience hears strange silence in the middle of a sentence, it's probably because Tony cursed. Probably, it most definitely is because of that. That's fair. Tessara, I keep on forgetting everyone's names, even though they're right in front of me. Uh, okay, but can Amber just ride on Ethi just for the aesthetic? No, in no between, reason. In between combats, sure. Okay, we're gonna do that then. So, Tessara, what I wanted to ask you, uh, if you wanted to cast heal on everyone, basically to heal everyone up, because you have you took 8 damage, Ethi took 4 damage, well, Ethi took 16 damage, and Aliara took 9 damage, so if you want to cast a heal spell on everyone, so... Uh, so you have three options of casting it. Uh, the first one is useless in this context, but it will be useful in combat if it, as it comes up. The second one means that you'll heal one person by 1d8 plus 8. Wait, there's or, two. Or, 
<laughs> oh <Sorry>. no, <laughs> there's two of me. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, so if you cast it with the two action version, just click <laughs> on your character. What are you doing? I don't know. Okay. There we go. Basically, you can spend two spell slots to guaranteed heal two people up, or you can spend one spell slot to heal everyone, uh, yourself included, by 1d8. I would recommend yeah. that. Okay, I'll do that then. Just go just go ahead and roll a d8. In roll 20, if you don't have a dice a dice set, just put slash o space d8. Seven points of healing. Uh, oh, by the way, in between episodes, I did give control of Ethi and Humathis to uh, their respective owners, because I, I realized I was being stupid before, um, and I already have a million things to keep track of. Why not let them... Why not let my players keep track of stuff? So, as... The human bandit, Larry Gold Rel, is not carted away, but walked away by the cleanup crew, uh, who, for the suspension of disbelief, were gonna say, like, you had a raven or something, or a carrier pigeon, or, like, one of you, like, yelled real loud for them to come by. I don't know. I sent E.T. You like actually could've. You actually could've. Um, I'm saying I They're like, ooh, this is a dragon. Uh, E.T. is like, <laughs> like a dog. E.T. is a little golden retriever. Facts. Or German Shepherd. No, Pitbull, Pitbull, Pitbull. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. I haven't gotten a commission. I haven't commissioned anyone to draw Ethi yet. By the way, I've commissioned multiple artists. Uh, well, specifically two artists, and we will post that art eventually. Um, when it gets done, I'm gonna ask them to make Ethi not a dragon like thing, but just a Pitbull, just just green. Just a really big Pitbull. Just a like Clifford. Not, not, not <laughs> even you. Not even green. Just a just a Pitbull. That sometimes breathes acid. Nice. So I mean, that's as, pretty much what Ethi is. As Navy Gold Rel is walked away from uh, the scene of the crime, the walking castle of Kellish, if you guys remember. The castle that was walking, it had legs. I remember talking about it last episode, and you guys were like, ooh, wait, sick. Wait, the walking castle that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> I think it was like Hell <laughs> Castle. I, I actually haven't seen that movie. I really should someday. Um, it's good. Oh yeah, it's good. You should watch it. The morning started slightly overcast, and that has come to a head uh, over the course of your combat with Larry Gold, uh, with Mrs. Rell, I should say. I guess I don't really know. It is now more overcast than ever, and it has started to lightly pour. I imagine as you're walking along, uh, Numathis like spreads a ring over Caritas, uh, and Ali Aliar just kind of, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> um. I don't know if you have an umbrella. You can just go ahead and say you have an umbrella if you want an umbrella. Um, I have a I have a cloak thing. I have a does cloak. he have wings? Easy does not have wings, unfortunately. Uh, I was gonna say they could do that, like a little cute thing where they like, put the wing over it. That'd be adorable. I was thinking about that between sessions, but then I was like, you know what? They explicitly do not have a flying speed, so I feel like it'd be kind of dumb to give them wings. Wait, hold on. What if I do that? Hold on. You remember that uh, the first one we did where I had wings, but it was just for the aesthetic, so we were like, oh, they're like injured yeah. or something like that. Can we do that, but with Ethy? Sure. Uh, Yay. <laughs> and when you can eventually cast Fly, we can say that you're just bolstering her wings. So I imagine she's like... Like toothless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like toothless. I imagine your wings, uh, her wings that are spread one over Aliara... And one over, uh, let's say Numathis. Uh, uh, Numathis is like, I don't need this, but he does it. He just like goes with it anyway. He's actually like glorying in the rain. He's like, yes, these this rain makes my scales sparkle like fresh rubies. <laughs> I am very vain. Um, dramatic little. <laughs> sorry, what? It's a dramatic little. <laughs> That's fair. 
I actually don't think Kessel would be at all bothered by the rain, considering you are a plant. You're just like, ah, yes. Yeah, but like, my nutrients. Oh, baby. But Ethy. But Ethy. <laughs> I actually imagine that you're on the back of Ethy, considering, like, that's kind of how we've been yes, playing it the entire time. Yes, I'm just constantly on Ethy. I never get off of Ethy. I guess that's awkward when you're trying to get into a small space, so like, oh, Ethy. She just breaks Ethy. through it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Like, hey, guys. <laughs> I made an entrance. Uh, <laughs> as it rains, uh, as the rain continues, you, uh, in varying des- degrees of miserableness, because, uh, again, even if Aliar has, like, a cloak and is underneath one of Ethie's wings, I don't think she's super happy considering she's a cat. No, I don't know she's how... not. <laughs> I don't think Koritas, I don't know what your opinion would be on that, because, like, Numathis is like, I love the rain, and, um... Like, Karitas yeah, is miserable. That's fair. <laughs> Car- uh, Numathus doesn't have Numathus does have wings, I believe. So he does like they're like Ethys though; they don't really work. Um, but you can bolster them and whatnot. He spreads out one of his wings, like Ah, yes, child, I will protect you from the rain. Have you seen my scales? They glisten like freshly spilled blood. Yes, I've seen your scales. Yes, they're beautiful. Thank you. I am beautiful. I am the most beautiful man alive. Yes, you are. Sometimes. Yes. You guys, um, in varying degrees of miserabilityness, miserabilityness, that's a new uh, adjective. Numathus enjoying it. Ethy not really caring. Um, Ethy vibing. Ethy vibing. Like dog that, that you like spray with the hose. Oh my god, yes. Ethy just like just, like jumping in puddles, like, oh god, no! Uh, like splashes over <laughs> Aliara. Aliara is like miserable, shaking herself, uh, shaking herself repeatedly, like, uh, I hate this family. That's it, get on top of the fridge. The house is up. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the entire dynamic. Numathus actually, um, he, as the rain hits him, it doesn't, like, immediately steam, but he is a red dragon, and he is, like, a creature of fire, so, like, it starts to evaporate a few seconds after hitting him. He's not hot enough that, like, it immediately evaporates, but, like, it hits him, and then a few seconds later, like, it steams. So he's just walking along, steaming gently, like, yes, I glisten. Ethie's just jumping in puddles, Aliara is committing suicide, you know, general stuff. Yeah. You guys continue about trying to complete your route. The one final thing that you guys were told to, uh, was going to happen was a some sort of dispute between shopkeepers. But as the... I completely forgot about that. That's fair. Uh, I was too focused on Ethy dying. That is completely valid. I do have art I do want to show you guys. I don't know why I have literally everything open. Is it another sexy person? I hate you. <laughs> Here it is, I think. Yes, it is. You guys pass by a hotel. Um, in a... Hey, that's kind of a sexy house. <laughs> First you simp for the men. Then you simp for the house. What's next? The, the, house, floor? Is re- the house is really nice, though. It, it's actually a hotel. It's pretty nice. Um, pretty nice. Well, also, some pretty ladies in the background. You guys would know that this is the Dreaming Palace. Um, this Hendred Pratchett was the half elf that you said looked like for Lord Farquaad, I believe. Uh, oh yeah, that, that guy that you met last week. Uh, well, two weeks ago. I keep on forgetting that we're not doing weekly sessions. Uh, you as you pass by, you see in the windows the four adventurers, uh, who I don't actually have art of, that were in the bar the night before. Uh, the uh, animosity of last night's brawl does not seem to have carried over. Uh, they, they look to be trying to procure lodging. Presumably, they were just, like, walking around. They're adventurers. I don't think they're from Absalon. They were just walking around. The, it's all rain. They're like, oh, there's a hotel here. Oh, hi, Mr. Pratchett. There was a construction site directly aqua- across from the Dreaming Palace. And as you guys pass by the construction site, like, literally as you um, walk past it, 
Screams erupt from the excavation project. Workers flee, scattering their shovels and pickaxes as four skeletons in rusted armor clamber up from a hole in the pavement. I would oh, like no. everyone to roll initiative. Yeah. I can give a little bit more information about this while we're rolling. Uh, again, I don't care if you roll in roll 20. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. If you it's guys... just a, a d20, right? Yes, d20, and then I believe your initiative modifier is plus 7. Aliaro with a 15. Mm -hmm. uh, Koritas with a 10. And then plus 7. Ha, 10. Tesoro <laughs> with a 10. You guys will figure out who, who goes first among yourselves. Excuse me while I have to sneeze. Bless you. Uh, do you want to go first, Ryan? Sure, I'll go first. Wait, is the scaly? Wait, is the blue scaly thingy? Is that Ren? Yes, it's College House. Yeah, I didn't know that. You thought that was just like a dude that was just vibing? I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't really paying attention. That's fair. So I do. I do want to mention. God, such low initiative on my end. Natural one on initiative for that guy. Um, I did want to mention. Uh, you guys would know that the Precipice Quarter has uh, seen a lot of renovation over the past um, couple months. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically in preparation for the um, Radiant Festival. Uh, not, not everything was done in time, so there was still like construction sites and stuff. And when the half of the precipice quarter fell off you know, 20 or so years ago, a lot of people died during that. And so there are a lot of, not a lot, a lot, but there are a fair amount of like undead and other such creatures just about. Mm. I feel- wait, hold on. Here's my thing. Yes? How come nobody ever knows how to deal with that in these worlds? Because obviously I'm sure that happens a lot if people know about it. How come they're never just like, huh, a bunch of people died. Maybe we should call someone to try and help fix it. The, the city of Absalon was completely wrecked at that time. They were just trying to uh, deal with other things. And then like, in the past two years, there have been two sieges on the city itself. Oh. Uh, so there's been... No wonder they called us in there. <laughs> I know. There's, there's been a lot of effort. They, they've, they've been working on it. You'll see, you'll see like, clerics of Phrasma, the Lady of Graves, Goddess of Death, etc. Just vibing. Mm. Uh, she does... Uh, they do their best to keep everything safe, but sometimes things flip through the cracks, which is part of what your job is, to deal with unexpected things. Oh, okay. So, question. If they're skeletons, does that mean that they're, like, skeletons how they are in D&D, where they can't talk and they're under someone else's control? It, it depends on the skeleton. Like, some skeletons are intelligent, some skeletons are just, uh, under control of someone. Some skeletons are just vibing. It really depends. And so not, we should treat them like people. I'm not tr Well, they do have weapons bared, and they did just chase workers out of the construction site, so... But we shouldn't kill them. Hmm. That is an interesting philosophical discussion. Uh, you should ha you have you'll have time to think about that as they swing those scimitars at you. Um, oh. <laughs> so first up is actually going to be one of these skeletons. This is about let's say twenty feet away from you. There's not a lot of there's not really a crowd because while it is the radiant festival, it is like not pouring but like not drizzling either. It's like in between. Mm. Actually, I think the word for that is raining. I'm so stupid. Um, we love you. Oh, thank you. This, the first skeleton moves towards you. Oh, I, I dropped my, my notebook. Moves towards you. Uh, let's say he moves towards, let's say he moves towards Aliara. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm imagining it's Ethy flanked by Aliara on one side and then Carrie tossing him off on the other. Okay. Uh, and I just yeah. roll the dice, Aliara is closest. So that's one action to get there. 
and mindlessly is just going to uh, swing at you with its scimitar. Uh, okay. I don't think a 14 will hit you. No. Uh, with its second attack, it is going to uh, claw at you with its claws. Uh, let's see. Will an 18 hit you? Um, my my armor class is 18. Okay, so it will hit you then. Yeah. Uh, if it meets or if it meets or exceeds, that's a that's a success. The yeah. basically on ties, it goes to the person who rolled. That's just going to be five points of damage. So this skeleton, eyes slightly aglow, uh, sprints towards you, swings the scimitar. Even though you weren't expecting it, you do kind of like manage to step out of the way. But with the backswing, it uh, it swings with the left hand and claws you across. Uh, let's say an arm or something. Mm -hmm. Next up is going to be you. Sure. If you um, want, there is a thing that you can do called recall knowledge, where you can spend one of your actions to try to like figure out what yeah. this is, what it can do. Um. You don't have to. I'm just saying that's a thing that you. Yeah, have, you I was to gonna. I was gonna say. To be honest, it just seems like they're undead skeletons that are just trying to cause havoc. I mean, actually, yeah, that's. It's up, it's up to you. Mm. Yeah, we can actually just to see if we can find any extra information. Alrighty, okay. so this is what's called a secret check, which means I will rule it for you. The reason being, on a critical failure, you lose, uh, you get incorrect or false information. Oh, great. Um. Uh, you, you don't really know anything about them. They, they just appear to be skeletons. They are wearing, uh, like, taking a second after it clock. Uh, draws blood, you are able to like glance and see that its armor looks kind of similar to yours. Uh, like like mm -hmm. they used to be part of the guard around this district, but they died in the uh, precipice when the earthquake hit. Yeah, so that's that's all you got. Okay. Um. So I'm. Um. I don't know if command would work on it, cause. Um. Uh, I will say. Um, you don't know much about skeletons, I will say. Stereotypically, yeah. most undead are mindless, but then you all, you've also heard spells about, like, liches and lich kings and intelligent undead dragons, you know what I mean? So stereotypically, yeah. most undead are unintelligent, but sometimes they're intelligent. It really just depends. You, you wouldn't know about this type of skeleton. You failed your recall knowledge. Or maybe you didn't. Uh... Who's to say? Uh, <laughs> you did. That's why you got nothing. Yeah. Um... Shoot. Okay, I'ma just I'ma just try to attack him, I guess. This man's cut me, so <laughs> Do you want to draw your great axe or do you want to just hit it with your fist? Your great axe will cost one additional action to do. Um if that's something you care about. Wait, can I talk to my my peers or no? Yes, that is it's a free action to talk as long as you're not trying to give like a, a whole speech. Okay. So, do we want to try to de-escalate the situation, or are we just trying to brawl them? Like, I say de-escalate first. Okay. I like de-escalate. Yeah, I do too. That's why I didn't want to draw my uh, great axe. Um. You can try to trip it, or try to grapple it, or something like that. If you don't want. Yeah, do let's lethal. let's just try to grapple it then. Try to get it to stop moving. Yeah, that'll be an athletic check. Technically, it's called grabbing. Uh, <laughs> uh what'd you roll? A 23. 20? Okay. 
Uh, let's just check this creature's reflex DC. I don't think it's high. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't imagine so. <laughs> Doesn't have a lot of so, muscle. <laughs> yeah, it's just bones. It's just bones. So this, so you get a success, but not a critical success. Um, so basically, okay. your opponent is grabbed until the end of your next turn, unless you move, your opponent escapes. Uh, grab basically means like I think it takes a penalty to movement. I'll open that up while you figure out your second action or your third action. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, dang it! I thought that you was my use, last could... action. To be honest, uh, I'm gonna do <laughs> you inspired use, uh, courage. Body... Yep. Okay, so everyone gets a plus one da plus one bonus to attack, damage, and saving throws against fear. Okay. That's going to be Aliara's turn. Uh, next up is going to be another skeleton. This skeleton is going to actually fire a bow at... Uh, I'm just gonna roll a dice. Uh, one... I didn't actually sign. Who's the first one on the character sheets? Uh, one is Ethy. This skeleton is going to fire a bow at Ethy. If Ethy uh, dies, so do they. That means they're already dead. What are you gonna do about it? Kill them again. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> what's Ethy's armor class? <laughs> 14. So this will actually hit on the nose. Oh, I almost rolled a d20 for damage. Uh, <laughs> EC just dies, man. Oh, for a resounding one point of damage. Yeah. How dare they? They're not particularly smart, so he's just gonna keep on firing at Ethy. A 15 will hit, as established. So that's another three points of damage, and he's going to shoot one more time. Oh, that's a miss. So he was he lets out three arrows, two hit true uh, in the side of Ethy, doing only four damage, but it's still a decent amount. Uh, and then the yeah. third one whizzes past and thunks right into the door of the Dreaming Palace. Next up is going to be uh, Koritas or Tessara. Your choice. It's me. Okay. Um. <laughs> you guys, you, did you guys talk about that? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, they did. Okay, so Karatas doesn't know that it's that they're mindless, so he wants you to do recall knowledge. Uh, would you like to act together? Numathus rushes up towards them in case they are aggressive. Well, Numathus wants to kill them anyway, so. Yeah, act together and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You also don't know anything about him. Oh wait, no. Actually, you have a skill feat called dubious knowledge. Do you? No, Who's... I have quick identification. Does Tessara have dubious knowledge? Huh. I thought. <laughs> Yes, you do. One of you had dubious knowledge, so I wrote down notes about it. Um, you also That's don't. Not me. You also don't know much about them. What would you like to do? Uh, Karatos wants to de-escalate the situation while Numathus wants to bite them. All right, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> so I'll just roll the attack for Numathus, and then you Numathus make it. always wants to bite. That's his whole aesthetic. He has a plus six, so it's just gonna be twenty plus six. Like how we have two dragons and one like they're both on the opposite sides of the spectrum. That Can was actually charisma? uh that's gonna be a diplomacy check. I I'm just gonna go ahead and roll Numathus's bite while you roll your diplomacy. Uh you Roll play it out. Roll play it out your nine. Well, skeletons, I see that there's a issue going on uh... and I feel like... <laughs> Is there anything that we can do to help you? Uh... <laughs> Guys, I have a feeling they don't have a mind. <laughs> I have a feeling they can't okay. think. <laughs> Numathus, you can chew on them. 
one shot at ED anyway, so they're gonna have to die. That's going to be 1d8. Actually, that's going to be a 19, not an 18, um, because of Inspire Courage. That's gonna be 1d8 plus 4 piercing damage. Let's see. That's going to be 10 points of piercing damage. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'd say Numathus ran up to the one by uh, Aliara, just because I feel like he would just go for the closest one. Uh, yes. 10 points of piercing damage just instantly. This creature is yonked. There's a little bit of resistance, but he goes, ah, and now he just has like a femur in his mouth. Just, yes. Oh. Um, that one just immediately just gone. <laughs> uh, Thank you. He can't talk right now. He has a phone <laughs> right now. Uh, now it's going to be Tessara. Uh, I want to, can I, what's that one lightning spell? I'm going to do that. Electric arc, I think. Yeah, that one. Uh, go ahead. I'm even gonna pull. Go ahead and pull it up. I think that's a reflex save. Just look up Archives of Nephis Electric Arc, and I'm just gonna roll reflex saves for them. Okay. Uh, archives. Uh, is it the Lightning Arc? Maybe. Nope. It's Electric Arc. Uh, so they're gonna make reflex saves. Uh, one of them got a 23, and the other one got a 13. So mm-hmm. one of them fails, one of them passes. Go ahead and roll a d4. Three. <laughs> That's going to be seven points of electricity damage. Uh, I will mm-hmm. say, uh, so something I want to mention if it came up is basic saves. So the way that a basic saves works, my dear audience, and also you three, is you roll d20 and whatnot, you just make a saving throw. On a critical failure, you take double damage. On a failure, you take half damage. On a su- uh, Sorry, on a failure, you take normal damage. On a success, you take half damage. On a critical success, you take no damage. Yeah, fancy. So you send out a bolt of lightning, uh, not, not a bolt of lightning, you send out a, a, a spark, hits one skeleton, leaps to the other, um, crackling through the water-filled air. Uh, one of them doesn't seem to be super affected by it. The other one, um, he, he gets zapped a little bit. The skeletons, they don't really react, but you see some charredness on him, if that makes sense. Charredness, that's a totally yeah. real word. Wait, what do I use to cast spells? Does it just, like, appear out of my hands? Sort of. Okay. Um, so technically you need a druidic focus or a material component pouch, but I'm considering, because you have a plant, as since you are a plant, as long as you have a hand free, I'm just saying you have a druidic focus, because, you know. That's pretty boss. That is pretty boss. Uh, you have one action left. You could command Ethi to go after one of them. I command Ethi. <laughs> Alright, uh, towards which one? Uh, no, I the one I just damaged the most. Alrighty, uh, let's say that's that one. Easy uh, fetch, cause you're a dog, so you, like, <laughs> <and> chase the- <laughs> you take the bone. Uh, go ahead and roll an attack for her. How do I do that? I'll just roll a d20 and add five. Add six, my apologies. Okay. Uh, twelve. No. Thirteen. Fourteen. I'm 14. good at counting. Yeah, I'm- I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot about Inspire Courage, so they do t- so they do each take one more point of damage. Um, let me check the armor class to see if a 14 will hit. A 14 misses. Aww. So Ethi bounds forward, uh, tries, to, tries to fetch, and just doesn't. Um, I'm not going to say <laughs> skittering past, but just, like, misses. Ethi just gets goes, distracted by something. Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Next up is going to be Skeleton's... Skeleton three. Uh, this is the one that that you failed the that that succeeded on the reflex save. It's going to turn to Ethi 
and just start hacking. Um, oh, I'm gonna kill this thing. If uh, it, will a 19 no. hit? Will a what hit? 19? Probably. Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to be co Would you rather I, I said it hits? You know the world. Ethy dies, so do you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, uh, I'm just checking to see what exactly a scimitar has, because it has forceful and sweep, but roll 20, as amazing as it is, doesn't say what forceful yeah, and sweep Yeah, 19 hits? Jesus. Their AC's 14. Okay. Uh, that's going to be, that's gonna be three points of damage uh, to Ethy. Next attack is also going to be, uh, is actually going to be against you, Tessara. Good, leave Ethy alone, Jesus. I don't think a 12 will hit, especially considering you get a plus one bonus to your armor class due to no, riding Ethy. Uh, and then it's just going to swing at Ethy one last time. Uh, uh, that's not going to hit, that's a four. Um, I cannot hear your stepmom singing. What? <laughs> Ren asked if we can hear Nick's stepmom singing. I said no. I didn't even hear Ren. Well, no, it was in the chat. Oh. I was trying not to interrupt. You're fine. This can all be cut out. Uh, so, after this skeleton goes, uh, there is a loud thud. A snapping of an arrow that was lodged into a door. Uh, turning your head for a quick glance. Can't keep your eyes off the enemy for too long. You see a the dwarf, uh, Bolor of Stonemore, that was involved in the altercation in the Tipsy Tengu. He appears to be relishing the chance to fight again. Um, Wait, is it Oompa Loompa Man? No, it's the dwarf that doesn't. Ha I hate you. It's uh, <laughs> it's the dwarf from it's the Tipsy Tengu. It's how I remember people. It's the dwarf from the Tipsy Tengu from last night, the one that like uh, Karitas intimidated the hell out of. Oh, it's hey, it's you. Uh, he just kind of opens the door, looks over. You can see like his, the 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 color from his face bench a little bit, but he still goes Rawr! and just rushes forward. Uh, towards one of the skeletons. That's going to be his turn. And then the cleric from the night before, also a little bit more- I forgot they were there. Yeah, a little bit more composed. He's still like, he's the cleric of God of Drunks, so he's probably just a little bit faster just on principle, even though it's like eight, nine in the morning. I felt that. Just, Wait, it's only nine in the morning? I remember how I mentioned it started off daybreak? As, no. As the tendrils of the sun crept over the days, uh, crept over the things, that you made a joke about tendrils that got cut out of the episode. Oh, yeah, that thing. Also, sorry, I was really focused. Amber looks really pretty. She does look really Thank pretty. Thank you! Um, the Cleric of the God of Drunks and Tall Bold Blade, uh, a little bit more composed, just uh, just also rushes out towards one of the skeletons, let's say the same one, for the sake of expediency. Uh, and that's going to be both of their turns. They both have their weapons drawn and whatnot. Back to the top of the round. Nope, actually it's not back to the top of the round. My apologies. Those were skeletons that got an initiative of four. <laughs> this skeleton... Uh, looks around confused, just, huh? Huh? Or rather, uh, 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 and is going to just do what skeletons do best. He's just gonna mindlessly hack at somebody. He is going to move into a flanking position to Ethy. Let's just say that takes one of his actions. And just gonna swipe at Ethy because big creature. Uh, 17 plus that. Yeah, that hits. That's going to be 1d6 plus 2 damage. Ethy takes another yeah. 3 points of damage. Why do you I'm gonna kill them. Leave Ethy the f alone. I keep unruling minimum damage. I don't care. Yeah, that's Not Ethy again. Uh, <laughs> yes, Ethy's big Ethy and in, in there. Um, speaking of, oh my God. you should probably, uh, when you have downtime slash money, buy Ethy armor. Because you can do that. It's called boarding. 
Yeah, I am. Oh my god. Then he's going to swipe at you. You have a total of a plus one. Nope, you have a total of a minus one to your armor class because you're flanked. Because while you are on Ethy, you are flanked. So you basically, your armor class minus one is what it is right now. So does a 12? Nope, does a 13 hit you? No. Okay, so your armor class is 15 or better. Uh, that's his turn. They retain enough of their old lives to know you should probably flank, but they don't retain enough of their old lives to say that these guys are way above our pay grade. I felt that. Next up, this skeleton is dead again. Uh, next up is Aliara. Nice. So, uh, I still have the skeleton on me, right? Or, like, I'm still holding him? Uh, so, the one that you were holding, a uh, Numathus ran up and went... Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know if that was the one. Attack the one that's hurting Ethi, please. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. for sure. Um, I'm gonna pull up. Thank you. Uh, that's an action? Yeah. So there are two skeletons flaking Tassaro and Ethi, and two and Belo and two adventurers flaking uh, another skeleton. Karitas is just living his best life because he is um, has no armor. Uh, I think he's wearing a gown. <laughs> he's just nothing. Um, uh, Karitas is staying far away with his tiny slingshot. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> he's like, ah. So Aliara is gonna go after the one that's attacking Ethi. There are two fighting. There are two attacking Ethi. One is charged. The other one is just vibing. Okay, uh, I'll do the charged one, I guess. All right. I'm assuming you. So one action to move there, one action to hit. Yeah, and one to pull out the great axe. Yeah. So go ahead and roll an yeah. attack. I'm stupid. Where is that? Uh, it should be. It. It says on your first page on the left hand side. It'll say weapons. It'll say melee strikes, great axe. Aha. I don't care if you roll a d20 and add 6 uh, independently. That is a critical failure. Uh, yeah, that's sad. You go, ah, oh, I'm gonna protect you, Ethy. Oh, and then you like, almost hit Ethy, but <laughs> pull like, back on that side. I'm sorry, you know, boys, I tried. You don't trip and fall. You rush towards Ethy uh, at the last, uh, you, but you do kind of slip and almost strike Ethy and pull back the axe at the last second. The skeleton guard, while mindless, looks at you and goes, uh, wait, wait, is that a total of 24 damage, though, if I had actually attacked? Um, or... Let me just check. Wait, how does that work? That would have been... Uh, so, that's why that's why I don't like roll... For our listeners, let me just explain something. The way <laughs> roll 20 does uh, melee strikes, or strikes of any sort, is it rolls damage and critical damage at the same time. The damage was 14, the critical damage was 10. So if you would act, if you had hit, you would have done 14 damage. If you had crit, you would, would have done 10 damage. Both oh, of those are accurate ways of rolling the numbers, but that's why I prefer to roll the everything independently, if that makes sense. Uh, that's what I, I think I, I thought I had set up turn settings on that made it so that we, the critical damage wasn't automatically rolled. That's also why I prefer physical dice, because then you don't say, oh, well I got a 14 on the on the regular damage because they crit I only do 10 you know yeah so I, I just kind of don't like that next up is going to be skeleton number three I, I that's this one I should have put numbers on them uh he is uh let's see Aliara is right next to him and he's just gonna turn to Aliara and swing <laughs> d20 plus I don't think an 8 will hit you no okay and uh, then he's going to discourage swing at um, Ethi. Uh, let's see, 
15? Yeah, I think that hits. Bro, I swear to god. Scimitars have a thing called called sweep that makes it so that way it's better if you're doing multiple attacks to attack one person than another. I don't care. Uh, four damage. Bro, Ethie's at two health points, I swear. You can heal her by you. 1d8 plus two damage next turn. Wait, 1d8 plus two, not plus two damage. Um, it, she is going- Well, you said four, so. Yeah, she's down to two. She's down to two. Uh, he- Poor Ethie, this is- Man, he's going through it. Like, no matter second. where we go. Ethie is literally the literally. biggest thing. is the biggest thing, so most things are just like, okay, hit the big one. Uh, that's, Poor Ethie. I'm just thinking claw- Oh, I dropped my dice. Oh, God. What? I dropped my dice. Don't- <laughs> Ah, 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 there you go. Ah. Sorry. So, Ethie's the biggest thing, so most things are like, big thing, until Aliara hits for 1d12 plus 3 damage, and then like, oh, strong thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You are leaf. I'm just gonna roll a d- I'm just gonna roll a d4, 1 to 2 is gonna attack Aliara again, 3- I'm gonna roll a d6, 1, 2, Aliara, 3, 4, Ethie, 5, 6, Tessara. Two, Aliara. It has a total. I mean, sorry, but like. Oh, that no, that's right. <laughs> My poor dragon. Sorry, like, I don't get it. See, I was hoping it would be me, so. Ten. I was hoping it was either gonna be me. I don't think a twelve would hit you. No. Yeah, because it has like a minus. It has like a total of like plus minus three to hit right now, so it needs to like roll a twenty to even have a chance of hitting. Hmm. Uh, that's their turn again. They are not smart. They're just gonna keep on trying to hack. Um, Hackerman. Uh, Kari who went first last time? Karitas or Tessara? Karitas. Karitas is first again this time. Act together. Alrighty, what would you like to do? Bite. So, Numathus moved over. Numathus moves over. Uh, what do you do for your act together? Boost Eidolon. Alrighty, so that's plus two damage. So I think he. I should probably edit his character sheet so he actually shows how much damage he does. Because it's 1d6 plus. 1d8 plus 3. But I wrote it down as 1d8 because I'm stupid. So it's 1d8 plus 5 damage. If you could roll that, please. Roll the um, attack. I, sorry. How do I... Just roll it. Uh, if you click on his character sheet uh, and go to character sheet, uh, there will be a thing that says melee strikes at towards the bottom. Uh, that will... That will miss. Actually, no. They're flat-footed hmm. because they're flanked. That will hit. Uh, go ahead and roll a d8. That's going to be 5 plus 5 damage. Uh, that is going to kill another skeleton guard. Uh, Numathus is the real MVP. Um, Yay. He loves to kill. He, uh, <laughs> he still has like bones. He still has like a whole leg dangling out of his... Uh, no, he still has like a whole arm dangling out of his mouth. He goes over, bites the other one. And again, while he meets significant resistance, he just managed to just, <laughs> just chomp right through. We still have one extra remaining. Um, sh I want to shield Evie if that I can do that. What do you mean? Does shield only cost one action for my cantrips? Oh, shield is a personal spell. Oh, you can use it on yourself. Well, still, can I use it on Numathus? No, that's another then thing. I use it on myself. That's another thing I don't like about the um about summoners is that they can't use spells that have a range of personal on their islands, which I think they should be able to. But you know, that's the point of a playtest. Next up is Tessara. I will say you could, if you wanted to, spend two actions again to cast Heal Animal on Ethie. I will, in fact, be doing that. Roll a d8 and add 8 to it, please. 12. 
Ethy is up to 14 hit points. Uh, you could command her to um, just do general Ethy stuff. Um, yeah. Which will mainly just be biting. Bite, bite, bite. Bite, bite. Yumatha's like, oh, look at me, I can bite. And Ethy's like, I'm so much bigger, but some, for some reason I'm so much worse. Um, <laughs> roll, roll a d20 and add 5 to it, please, for the uh, attack. This is why I prefer having physical dice. That will hit. Go ahead and roll a d8 and add 2 for damage. Uh, Ethy bites at the guard, but her jaws close around with four damage to like part of his bone, and they just kind of like scrape off. You don't really see a difference. Oh, by the way, I should say for those keeping track at home, which is probably no one. Um, technically, uh, uh, Tesoro would have had to refocus to get that back that focus point because heal animal. Uh, their spell that they just used to heal Ethy is a focus spell, and you have to refocus to get your focus points back, etc., etc. I'm saying, for the sake of for the sake of not being a butthead about it, that they ha that that happened in between episodes, or it happened as they were walking over here. So it's not just like, well, you didn't say you did that because while that's cool to do for like um, professional games, like people who actually podcast professionally, we're just having fun. Uh, Ethy still has one action remaining. If you want to have her bite again, yes, bite again, bite, bite, bite. You want me to just uh, roll it for the sake of speed? Yeah, go for it. Uh, that's cocked. Good. Roll. Keep on rolling it into my notebook, and it falls in between. Uh, that's a sixteen on the die with the multiple attack penalty. That is a sixteen exactly, and that's what she needs. Do you want to roll the damage, or should I? Uh, you can. Okay. That's probably easier. Yeah. For those uh, who don't realize, because I'm probably gonna edit out the typing noises. Um, Tony doesn't have physical dance, I don't think, so they are using roll twenties uh, thing, which is a little slow to type out. And as we mentioned before, roll twenties stuff is a little unintuitive to new players and it is a little stupid for old players. That's going to be seven points of damage. Uh, this time she clamps hard. So let's say that she she bit at him before the teeth her nail her teeth scraped off and then instead of like backing up backing her away she just clamped on harder just <laughs> I keep on making sound effects as if I'm a professional voice artist. Uh, it kinda like crushes part of his arm but being a skeleton he does not care. Uh, that is Tessara's turn. Next up is skeleton number two, which is the one on you. Uh, he is just gonna attack Ethy because... I kill... Yeah, that's fair. Ethy's arms are uh, Ethy's jaws are clapped on one of his arms and not caring. He just keeps on trying to hack away with the scimitar. Uh, a eight on the dice is 14, which does hit as established multiple times. Boo. Boo. 1d6 plus 2 damage. That's going to be 5 points of damage to uh, Ethy. So Ethy sinks her teeth into his arm, to completely destroying his left arm, and he just raises the um, the scimitar, just hacks at her neck, and her scales deflect most of it, so it's not like decapitated, but it is, there is sort of green blood, just, I don't know what the blood color is, but I want to say green, I want to say red. Undisclosed color of blood, just so it's, um, Rainbow blood um, just starts yes. <laughs> seeping from her wounds, and she looks at it like, I have rainbow blood, that's so cool. Unperturbed, the skeleton is going to hack again at Tessara with a natural one on the dice, just kind of swing, flicking rainbow, rainbow colored fluids across you, and he's going to attack Ethy again. 15 hits. 1d6 plus 2 damage. No, oh, 1d6 plus 3 game? So that's going to be plus 2. That's going to be 9 points of damage. For me? For, or Ethy? For Ethy. It's gonna be 9 points of damage. Yes. 
So Ethy's dead. Ethy's unconscious. I kill them now. Immediately, just that's gonna be the skeleton's turn. Um, next up is going to be Bilar. He's just gonna look over, see Ethy has fallen, go, uh, go. Ah, another dragon's fallen. Uh, but also, like, that's kind of bad. Uh, he's going to enter a rage. Uh, mechanically, that means that he gets a three temporary hit points, uh, plus two damage with melee attacks, minus one penalty to uh, armor class. He's going to heft his axe and just swing down at the skeleton guard flank, uh, being flanked by him and Antaro. Uh, 18. Yeah, that hits. <clears throat> That's going to be 1d8 plus 6 uh, damage. Uh, it's going to be 10 points of damage, so with one hit, he, uh, he, uh, spit him flying from his mouth. He just <laughs> completely just shatters this guy. One action remaining. He's going to, let's say, move. he's one square away from being able to hit the guard. Then from him is going to be Antaro. Antaro is going to look over towards Ethi, uh, looks a little somber, and raise his shield emblazoned with the um, holy symbol of Caden Kalian, uh, which is, by the way, just a mug full of ale, I believe. Mm. He's going to cast Heal uh, with two actions. Uh, that means that Ethi will restore 14 hit points. Nice! Good. Finally. He's also going to move <laughs> over towards the skeleton. Yeah, he's a good guy. Like, they're not evil. They were just drunk last night. Um, well, yeah, I know, but anybody hurts Ethy. Clerics of good gods, especially, like, chaotic good gods, tend to just be bros. <laughs> yeah. The dog. Oh, this is a skeleton that's dead. Uh, Sounds like your dogs are having a time downstairs. They are, and unfortunately we'll be able to cut that out of the episode, but I'm tired of, being, of having to delay. For those at home, by the way, that didn't know, we had to delay this episode by 26 hours. Firstly, because there was some scheduling conflicts um, that came up, and secondly, because we had like an hour and a half of technology issues. Thanks. Technology is hard. Technology is very yeah. hard. Facts. Well, uh, back to D and D. Back to the top of the initiative. It is Aliara's turn. All right. So there's one skeleton boy left. Yes. Um, I'm just gonna move to him and swing at him with my axe because it's already out. Would you like to use inspired courage beforehand? Oh yeah, 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 sure, sure. Alrighty, do your thing. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a 15 with Inspire Code. Actually, let's say, yeah, and, and let's say you move into a flanking position because you do have combat training, at least a little bit, from being yeah. a warrior bard. So, you moved into a flanking position and then just... Because I did it with Re Ren, let's do it with you as well. Roll the damage independently. Uh, for you, it's just going to be put, like, slash R space uh, D12 plus 4. That's 16 damage. So you, yeah. you, move into a, you move into a flaking position and say, Nights out! <laughs> and just bones Not just- Not like out. Bones just scatter everywhere. Like the skull cleaves off and lands in front of Ethy, who's like, oh, I'm in a lot of pain, but also, ah, and just puts a mouth around the skull and starts like chewing like a dog because of <laughs> bone. Um, <clears throat> uh, that'll be that combat. Um, Bilar is- uh, Bilar takes a minute to- Bilar is the, uh, the dwarf. He takes a minute to, like, fully calm down, because he did enter a rage. That's kind of, like, what he does. He takes a minute to calm down, like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I, I don't like their breathing. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I was like, that's My voice sus. talks like this. <laughs> I mean, he did enter it like a mindless rage. That's kind of how rage works. Yeah. And Tara says, ah, apologies for last night. But also, no like, we were kind of kind of a big deal. Uh, for those that 
for those of you that know adventures around the city, they're not a big deal at all. Thank you for your help. Uh, he says, you're welcome, small dragon man. And then he, they go back into the tipsy, uh, they go back into the, um, not tipsy tango, the dreaming palace. Well, Hendrik Pratchett and Ralso, his half-woke assistant, were at the desk, just kind of like looking around like, oh. And then Skebs and Muriel Greyleaf, uh, the halfling and elf from the night before, are what... They looked like they were ready to rush in, but they figured the, the fellows and you guys had it handled, so they were like, eh. Uh, the rain continues. Uh, actually, before we continue further, uh, Tessara... Actually, hold on. Would, any, uh, would anyone like to use the heal skill on Aliara to treat wounds? I can use oh. medicine. That's ex- Sorry, I meant medicine, not heal. Um, I don't think... Tess- I think I explicitly made sure that Tessara was not trained in it, because I felt like it would be dumb to have, like, Karitas have a medical background. And then be upshot by uh, Tessara. You could get that proficiency next level. So a 20 on the medicine check. So spending 10 minutes uh, to bandage uh, Aliara's wounds. I'm assuming Aliara's because they're the, the most hurt. Uh, go ahead and roll 2d8 for me, um, Ren. <laughs> that is 12 points of healing. So bandaging up Aliara. Let's uh, say, yeah, they're just kind of like, put some bandages out. Like say, stay still, honey. While the mouth is just like, there's a lot of blood around. A lot of bones. I just realized Ethi is probably like batting around like the, the bones while you guys wait. Speaking of Tessara, I'd imagine you'd take these 10 minutes to refocus, which is for for you, generally just spending time with Ethi, maybe like throw a skeleton uh, like head and she goes, <laughs> and goes after it, you know. The rain continues on throughout this, so I imagine you guys do this in the Dreaming Palace, um, just in the in the hall, if that makes sense. Yeah. Wow, we're so good at talking. Exactly. <laughs> All of us just, yeah. <laughs> Continuing on with the route, you guys, assuming nothing goes wrong, still have one more thing to do. Hendred uh, Pratchett, like, thanks you profusely. Like, oh, thank goodness you showed up. I don't know how we would have handled those skeletons otherwise. He puts it on a little thick, but, you know, he's a, a, he's a businessman. He's probably just trying to butter up to the law, you know. New Mathis wants to yeah. buy. Uh, New Mathis is like, I want to, I want to. Kill you, little, little elf man. And Hendry's like, haha, please do not. Anyway, please get out of my hotel. <laughs> and Hendry, and oh my god. New is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you one day when no one's around. And Hendry just kind of like, looks nervously around, like, He won't, I promise. Please get out of my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Is it because of Ethi? No, he's fine with Ethi, but like Mopis is trying is like actively threatening him. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, moving a moving along, you guys remain a little not soaked, but you're getting there. You'll probably be super happy to dry off in the Edgewatch headquarters. We gotta check yeah. on. Yeah. There is one more thing before that: the dispute between um, shopkeepers. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, how dare they! How dare I have a job? So the rain abates a little bit as you approach what you guys would know as people that have patrolling around before. You're familiar sort of with the various locations around the precipice quarter. This is where a lot of food stands have been set up for the um, Radiant Festival. The rain clears up as you guys approach and smoke and uh, vile profanities rise up from a cluster of food stalls near a small park overlooking the arbor. The commotion centers on two particularly decrepit boots positioned across from each other. Each little more than piles of haphazardly nailed boards, though the peripheries scorched and smoldering. Suddenly, a green hand <laughs> holding a clay pot uh, exits from one of the stalls and chucks the, the aforementioned pot. 
and it flies up across the intervening space and smashes into one of the scorched stalls and spattering flaming oil across several others. Ooh, oof. One of the food stalls is named Everything Fried, and the other one is named Pelmo's Pickle Hut. Standing around for a little bit longer, you notice that the, both of the proprietors of these food stalls are, are goblins. Goblins. Grunka and Pelma. Pelmo. He's cute. Which one is he? What do you mean? Which one's Grunka and which one's Pimmo? Uh, let's say Grunka's the one on top. <laughs> they look like, oh my god, they're just little gremlins. That's what goblins are, <laughs> just little gremlins. Uh, so the like, chef's what, uh, That's my cats in the middle of the night. I hate you. Oh, facts! Throws, oh my god. One of them throws a pot and as it like hits, the other one just like, one's screeching out like, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and uh, like a physical brawl ensues. Uh, so how this is going to work is we're all going to roll initiative and you guys uh, can take turns just talking about everything, like trying to de-escalate. Oh, I thought I was like, oh, are we fighting them already? Did we not de-escalate? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and say the numbers. Uh, Tony? I got 17. Uh, Ren? Six. Uh, Amber? 11. So first up is Tess Aura. So you have a variety of things that you could do. Um, You mm-hmm. could make, uh, you could just start... Uh, just trying to subdue one. Um, you could try to like, grab them. You could try to intimidate, etc. So, would you like to try to like grab one of them or something? Yeah, something like that. Where you're just like, "Hey, come here." <laughs> so, uh, go ahead and make it an athletic check for Ethy. Oh, sorry. Ah. <laughs> you're fine. Oh, that's a, a lot of numbers. Okay, let's go with the <laughs> yeah. first one. A fourteen. <laughs> that is a miss. Ah. Uh. So, uh, Ethy, like, lumbers up, tries to, like, grab one of them with her jaws, and they're like, ah! And, like, scrambles out of the way, like, throwing an errant punch into the side of the other one's mouth. Uh, they, they're not happy about each other. Uh, Aliora. Um, wait, so are they still fighting, or are they, like, spooked now? They're still fighting, but, like, they're, like, fighting in, like, a different square. Like, they just kind of, like, tumbled over, like, ah! Oh, I see. Um, uh, hold on. You could try to talk to them. You could try to grab one of them. You could try to just beat them unconscious if you want to be super unethical. No, that's some ACAB stuff. ACAB. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong, but uh, I guess I'll try to just like grab them because I don't want them to keep hurting each other. Um, All right, make an athletics check. Twenty-two. Let's say you grab Krunka and like you pull him up. I want to emphasize that I'm being gentle with this and not yeah 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 you, to, like you're not hurt just, or yeah you're not like chokehold man yeah yeah so you you pick up the the one that's uh, more bluish than green the uh, grunka uh, you pick him up and he's like ah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's alright dude uh, just calm down Pelma, uh, grunka is, uh, grunka continues like I'm gonna let me go mm. this person is trying to attack me. For, oh, for selling fried pickles. And Pelmo's like, ah, I don't care. And just keep, keep on trying to like swing at um, Grunka. But you, being twice their height, just kind of lift him up. Above yeah, the, I'm just um, going to kind of hold him over. <laughs> Figuring out the situation, the dispute arises from the fact that uh, Pelmo is selling pickles. That's what the whole thing is. Uh, Grunka is selling everything fried. Is selling literally everything that's fried. The, the argument started off because... Uh, Grunka spell- sells uh, fried pickles. Talking to them and um, adjacent shop owners, you are able to determine that it started off with a heated confrontation, and then Grunka uh, threw a, uh, a punch, and then it just devolved. They started throwing alchemist fires at each other. Uh, everybody make me a perception check. 
I like how you guys are just like have it right away and it takes me like <laughs> five hours. <laughs> I just have it in my uh, quick bar thing. I've been staring at my character screen this whole time. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> Aliara, you're the only one to notice. The goblins aren't actually the biggest threat in the situation. Uh, you glance over to Grunka's uh, stall, everything fried, uh, where you see oversized deep fryers and barrels of um, cooking oil. And the entire place is currently on fire. Oh. Oil and fire, oh. as those as those who might know, aren't super... Um, no, not a good thing at all. Not a good thing. Uh, the other, the goblin just kind of like look at the fire and like, mm, yes, fire. My voice completely changed. I now sound like a smoker. <laughs> you are able to determine, Aliara, and everyone else looking at it, that water wouldn't work. This is an oil fire. Yeah. It just spread it around. And if, uh, Aliara, specifically, you recognize that if you move the burning barrels too hard or too much, basically jostling them, they could rupture. And if they rupture... The oil is the oil is just gonna spread out and then explode because it's on fire. They go boom boom. They, they go boom boom. Mm-hmm. So how this is going to work is you are, are each able to attempt a survival check each round to try to put out the flames without without um rupturing the barrels. Uh, let's okay. start with an, starting with initiative order. Let's just go with Aliara. You're the first one to figure it out. Uh, so Aliara, make a survival check, please. Um, you're unable to do so. Glancing over, the flames rise a little bit, but you have a little bit of time. Ren, you rolled a 17? Yes. Uh, you smell them a little bit, but as you put down one fire, two more rise up in their place, and... Mm, Tessara. Tessara, with the help of her mighty dragon, <laughs> runs over yeah, dragon. and just, um... Ethi stamps oh so carefully on the out- uh, fires on the outside. Well, Tessara. Wait, why does that sound kind of cute? It's like it when sounds animals so do cute. Little thing in the puddles, like the little pitter pitter. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Is... yeah, 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 yeah. That's what Ethi just does on the flames, <laughs> just with his little stumpy legs, just like. Oh my god. Tessara, you're able to get the barrels themselves not on fire, and then you're able, and then everyone else, you're able to like. Get everything else stamped down. The go- the goblins look at you guys and like, oh, we're, uh, we're a little sorry. You guys each know that you would be able to find them for five gold each, but doing so that you would you would have to because of the nature of this, just basically explosives in the middle of a public place. You'd have to take them in. Uh, but um, Grunka uh, pops up and says, uh, if you're willing to um. Let this slide. I, I I have fifteen gold. Cool, you're going to jail, bro. Oh. <laughs> Pelmo says the same thing. Like I have, I have fifteen. I have fifteen gold. That's three times the amount. That's fine. I'm just saying. That's really nice. You're going to jail. Yeah. Sorry, you still get jail. Oh. Yeah. I'm kind <laughs> of endangered the public, man. <laughs> fifteen. Fifteen gold and a fried pickle. As soon as Grunka says fried pickle, Pelma <laughs> just looks over, death glare. Just, I'm the only one that can sell pickles around here. <laughs> Jesus. Just listen here, buddy. Listen <laughs> like here. I'm assuming you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming you guys. Society. <laughs> if it wasn't for us, you'd both have fried pickles. And fried. Everything from three d six plus eight fire damage. Uh, so you guys take them in. Don't accept, not accepting the bride. Yes. Uh, I'll distribute that after in, in between things. But in the treasure handout for all the GMs on roll twenty, I would recommend having a treasure handout. It makes your life so much easier. 
I don't think my sex joke landed. <laughs> what? Oh, the fried pickles. <laughs> Is oh, that what the fried pickles was about? It? Yes. <laughs> I'm hilarious. You are hilarious. That was a funny joke, but we're all stupid. I'm just stupid. Caritas and Numathis are just fighting the whole way there. The whole way back, because actually there is no cleanup crew involved in this case because because this is the end of your circuit. You just kind of snap ropes on them. Actually, I don't even think you need to do that. They're fairly cooperative after attempting to bribe you. Actually, just think about Caritas and Numathis just going at it. Yeah. No, wait. Sorry, arguing. Like yeah, <laughs> but I'm gonna kill you. The thing is, you share hit points, so every time one of you hits the other, it's just like, ah! Cut it. On the fire. That's all you think about. Head empty. Only, only E.T. So, um, as I mentioned, you guys take them to the station at the end of your circuit. Uh, fairly early in the morning, too. Fairly early in the morning. You're done before, you're done before noon. Um, they don't require to be, like, uh, handcuffed. You guys don't have handcuffs yet. Or, like, tied up or anything. The wrist tied, not, like, hog tied or whatever. Uh, they're fairly cooperative after failing to give you a bribe. You get you get in there, Sergeant Olo, uh, like nods at you guys, like, hmm, I'm so glad you returned safely. And I know that sounds sarcastic. I just kind of have a really deadpan voice. I really is. Am... this the hot one? Again, I am your superior officer. Please, it is the hot one, okay. <laughs> please, please, I am begging you. Do not refer to me as hot. You hear, like, in the other room, in, like, his office, the voice is just yelling at someone, like, blah, blah, blah. like, that's all you hear, it's like, just mustache man. Yes, angry mustache man. Wait, wait, who, wait, did we say he was Lord Farquaad, or is he the Oompa Loompa? He's the, he's neither, but for the sake of what you said earlier, he is the Oompa Loompa. Okay. I feel really bad calling him an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming it. Yeah, he's me. Sorry, go ahead. All I said was oompa loompa. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, okay. It's you guys stick around. Here, I'm the most oompa. I hate you. So sticking around, um, Tesora, and that's it. You you get healed up a little bit. They kind of like bandage your wounds. The the medics, I should say, like those a team of not doctors but people who can heal. Like they're trained in medicine. They're there's like assorted clerics or paladins or whatever there that can just like slap you up, you know what I mean? The one that treats you is actually a cleric of a rastal who is basically like the god of like villages, the god of like nature and community and junk. He's not big on cities, but he doesn't mind them as long as they're not like super pollution based and whatnot. That's the only cleric that really knows how to treat your wounds because you are, as mentioned several times, a plant. I'd imagine you use your heal animal spell on Ethi again. Um, Waking everyone up back to full hit points. Before you guys move out to uh, the Tipsy Tengu to speak with Eunice and Bellberry. Hello, small child. Oh, he- child. Hello. Um. Bellberry is like a little flabbergasted that you sent a child to her, but she was like, I did offer you free drinks, so child support is only like three steps above that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was only there I for think, like an hour. Uh, he ordered. He tried to be like, I'm going to order a glass of alcohol. And she was like, milk it is. Because um, he is a child. I'm scared of my character because I threatened to have him eaten. He's scared of Numathis. Meanwhile, Numathis is like looking at him, like like licking his lips, and then um, he's uh, oh my god. I bet was like, could you uh, hun? I I know your dragon was in here last night, but he is making a lot of the patrons uncomfortable. Uh, could you do something about him? Okay, bye, Numathis. You just like snap your fingers and he vanishes. Wait, is Ethi still there? 
Ethy can't intimidate anyone. Ethy's baby. Ethy is... It's a little crowded in here right now for her to be in here. You could take her in here, but like the, she would take up a lot of space and whatnot. So it's up to you. My thought is that she has like her head hanging in through a window like, Hey guys. Yes. Eunice like looks up at you guys and says, Did you did you find anything out about Kamenelis? Not yet. Not yet. Mm, okay. We're hoping that we'll be able to soon with your help as well. I'll, I'll tell you anything I know. What 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 do you, what what do you what do you want to know? He's a, he's a, a, a distinguished master of the arcano. It's uh, any of you who wants can make either a society or an arcana check if you want. Society. Sorry, anytime somebody says society, that's all I can think of. Twenty one. With a twenty one, he's not a distinguished master by any means. Um, oh. hmm. I will say, if you go to the Arcanium, which Eunice has said multiple times, he goes there. You're able to like go through the student the, the student records. He, Kamenelis was there, not top of his class, like fifth from the top of his class, like distinguished but not like super renowned. He he studied there for a few years, uh, a couple decades ago. But that's that's all you got on him. He's not super famous. Hmm. This boy is a child. Um, so when we went to Absalom, we went here a couple days ago, like a week, two weeks ago, for the, for the festival, Kamenelis, he said, he said he was going to go find his lodging. And he sent me out to go buy produce and stuff, you know, just general, general food, some arcane ingredients, and he didn't show back up when we were supposed to meet up at the, the, the festival square. I don't. I don't know where he went. I don't know what's going on. He's just gone. So we should check the hotel areas by the place they came in at. Um, I don't. We went in through the postern gate. There's not a lot of hotels there. I think he said he mentioned something about finding finding a hotel here in the festival. Um, uh, I'm just gonna say this. Um, because I don't imagine any of you taking notes. Oh, you should. Ha, finger guns. The Radiant Fest, uh, the Dreaming Palace is a hotel. There are a few other hotels. That's just the one that's up in your mind. Uh, so, uh, do you guys want to go to the Dreaming Palace to check the ledgers as you guys continue talking to him throughout the um the walk? Yeah, yeah. yeah. After you talking for a little bit and realizing, as he just said, that his master went to look for um, lodging, the only place that there are a ton of uh, lodging places in Absalom, like Tipsy Tengu is one of them, but Bellberry. I don't know the kid, never met the kid, never met the man, you know. Uh, the only one of note that you really recall, it's not really particularly of note, if that makes sense, but like it's one that you know, the proprietor, Hendred Pratchett. Uh, moving along to the tipsy, moving along from the tipsy Tengu to the Dreaming Palace, Eunice mentions like, my um, Kamenelis is kind of my dad. I, I never knew, like, my real dad or my real mom. Mm -hmm. And, like, Kamenelis was my uncle, and he took me in and taught me magic, and I don't... I don't know what to do. He's gone. <laughs> we know now, human. <laughs> As you should. Well, now Aliara is getting really sad. <laughs> Kairatos feels connection. Meanwhile, like, in the back of your head, Kairatos, like, Numoth is just saying, you should eat the child. You should eat the child. Yeah. Yeah. For those at home, Caritas is chaotic evil. Pneumathis is. Sorry, yeah, Pneumathis is chaotic evil. Caritas is just trying to be a good person. <laughs> Getting into the Dream Palace, 
Um, you see Ralso at the front desk. Um, the adventurers assumedly are in rooms. And says like, and she like greets you and says, "Ah, hello. You looking for rooms? Like, how can I help you today?" Have you seen this kid's dad? <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you? She pulls out like a ledger. Um, could you be more specific, please? Uh, he's a. Ma- what is he? A I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Arco. <laughs> you give two of the people with the memory. It's literally like, hey, we're looking for a missing person. Okay, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> it's Kamenelis. It's isn't it like Archimedes? It's it's Kamenelis. Archimedes is a much cooler name though. Okay. His name uh, is Kamenelis. He opens up. The, she opens up the ledger, goes through the past couple weeks, and says, mm, "I don't see anyone named Kamenelis. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he checked in privately with Pratchett, but he's away on business right now. Come back tomorrow." Okay. Okay. Thank you for your help. Is there a knowledge check we can do to make sure she's not lying? Yes, you can make a sense motive. Um, that's just going to be a perception check. Oh wait, no, okay. shoot. That's sorry. That's a secret check. I'm supposed to roll it. Uh oh. Caritas, uh, just tell me. I- I'm just going to look at modifiers. Caritas rolled up five. I'm just going. I'm just going to roll Love. it for you guys because I forgot that's um. Tessara. Yeah. Uh, so Aliar and Caritas. This seems to be up on the level. Uh, Tessara, she seems, she's hiding something, but you're not sure what. Okay. If you guys want to, hmm. like, continue pressing her, you can. Hey, I oh, do, because if she's hiding something, I'm curious as to what you it let is. The rest yeah, of us same. Something. I, like, Tessara just, like, walks up and goes, you're hiding something. Uh, she kind of, like, looks taken aback and says, um, okay, truth be told, uh, I don't really handle everything going on um pratchett has uh, lets in sometimes people off the books and whatnot uh if you want to look at the ledger you can go ahead and do so she passes you the ledger i'm assuming you, you go through it yeah going through it um i flip yeah it seems to be on the up and up there are a few erased parts and then written on and then she says i'm not exactly the best bookkeeper but i do my best I that. uh she again she mentions if you want to check back in over the next couple of days, Hendred is currently talking to some business associates of his own, but she'll be back at some point. Okay, thank you. Not a problem. Again, I'm Can- I'm so sorry to hear about your, your loss. I guess I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Me too. Police business. Okay. So do we go check other places? Uh, checking around, this is the only really one that you guys would know. Um, but like checking around other hotels and junk, none of them really know anything about Kamenelis. Uh, the same pattern repeats itself. You you talk, maybe there's a sense motive here or there, but you, they seem to be telling the truth, or they see if they're hiding something that's just apparent. That like they're just like maybe they were drunk when he came in or stuff like that, yeah. so they wouldn't really know if he actually did come in. You know what I mean? Hmm. Could we maybe ask the adventurers? Maybe they know something. Uh, so going back to the Dreaming Palace, Ralso says, okay, you're back again. How can I help you? We're looking Hi. for some adventure. Yeah, we saw them earlier. We want to ask them some questions. Okay. Um, let me go fetch them. Right. <laughs> let me go fetch them really quickly. Um, Thank you. But she knows what we're talking about because I don't Thank remember God. their names either. I don't remember their names either. <laughs> I mean, she, she did watch them fight skeletons with you. Oh yeah, that's true. Are you guys like? Do you guys stay in the lobby, or like? We'll stay in the lobby. I'll stay in the lobby. Yeah. 
Okay. I don't want to leave Ethy alone. Yeah, and I don't want to leave, leave the kid alone either. So he's, like, getting increasingly anxious. Can we comfort child? I mean, yeah. Comfort child. Yeah. Uh, make, a diplomacy, make a diplomacy comfort. check. Make a what? Diplomacy check. Uh, diplomacy? Can we please just comfort the child? <laughs> yeah, 26. Let me comfort yeah, the you're able to, child. <laughs> you're able to calm him down. I also wish to comfort the child. I'm really Tom. bad at comforting children. <laughs> I absolutely suck at comforting children. I just pat the child's head, and then Ithy just stares at it. <laughs> yeah, Ithy just uh, Ithy just kind of like licks his face, and he like trembles for a second. He's like, you know what? This is actually kind of cute. This uh, baby. Okay, I'm actually going to move you guys over to this map. Ithy's my child. Because there, there is a map for some reason. Oh hi. You gonna? I don't know why it's is so. Is that big. the lady? Yeah, that's Ralso. Uh, she. Wanders off, um, brings back in the adventurers. Um, I'm Ethi is here, but I assume they they were out because Ralph was like, I'd yeah. rather they not truck mud all over this nice floor. It is a pretty nice floor. Bro, I can only see like a small portion of the map. Everything else is black. That's because it's a big map, and I put fog of a on. If we're comforting because... the child, we should come sit on these chairs in front of the fire. So this place it actually has like large arch windows that uh, illuminate the elegantly polished floors and has warm wooden furniture for the hotel's reception area. Directly across the stout main doors, double doors of bronze lattice uh, are carved to resemble interwoven vines and other tantalizing glimpses of a large chamber beyond. A few comfortable chairs surround a fireplace to the west, while to the east a long tall corridor encircles a wooden door. She runs out, comes back in with the adventurers. Um, Muriel, Muriel is still like a, a little bit sad. She's the elf. Talking to them, they're like, I don't really remember anything. I didn't. I never met the man. You know, Muriel, uh, like the the the, the wizardy looking elf says, I think I remember um, Comedalis in the Arcanium, but that was ages ago. Arcanium? That'd be the um. That'd be like what you guys went to to when he was a student there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not. You looked around a little bit. He's not there. So um, basically, nobody knows where Kamenelis is. Nobody knows anything. Well, one of them's a wizard, right? Can they do a locating spell? Uh, I don't think I'd that, be kind of sick only, if they could. Like that would make her jump spells. so much easier. She can only cast first level spells, and I'm fairly certain there is no arcane divination that does that. Um. Mm. Uh, moving along, as the day goes late, you come to the, the question of where is he going to keep this child? Uh, actually, if you guys want, as you like, I'm assuming you pass by the Tipsy Tengu on your way there, and uh, Bellberry says, if you really don't have any way for him to stay, you could stay with me for a few days, work, work a little bit as a barmaid of sorts, you know, like bustle tables and stuff. That would be amazing. I mean, yeah, I would probably, like distract him. Yeah, she like. He pulls you guys aside and says, this kid looks really sad. Um, I think he needs a little bit of something to take his, take his mind off everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll let him work his keep if you, if you guys aren't able to find any place for him to stay. But as, do you guys do take it. her up on her offer? Yeah. You want to do it small? Yeah. He says, I don't really know what's... I guess. I don't really do you want Ethi to, to stay with you? Ethi will protect you. Again, Ethi is like has her head in through the window. Like he's like, oh, the, the big fuck you dragon. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that. Oh, okay. Moving on, after you guys get back to the station, because I'm assuming I think we are established that you guys work several days. Uh, that's that you guys like go out to several places to sleep and whatnot. Uh, I'm just gonna say for the sake of 
my sanity for, for today. You guys do go into the uh, Edgewatch headquarters again. Olo says as you walk in, um, Karitas, if you, the voices would like to speak with you, if you have a moment, please. Okay. Um, somebody's in trouble. <laughs> you say that, and and like the guard is just like, "Are you so? You're so immature." Okay. Um, Listen, I'm like ten years old, bro. Like, literally. <laughs> I'm literally like I'm literally ten years old. Uh, Karitas, uh, going into the voices' office. He gestures for you to take a seat and says, Well, I've read in several reports that there was a a dragon involved. I saw I saw <laughs> Ethi before. I have seen Ethi before. And he... Sorry, just there's a dragon. It's been biting everyone with the Yeah, literally. There was a dragon. There is a dragon that you seem to have some measure of control or some measure of binding over. Yeah, that's my Adelon Numathis. You okay? Um, he mostly listens to what I say. Mostly. I have. I can make him go away when he doesn't listen. Can you make him appear? I can make him appear. I hope so. When you said make him go away, sound really fucked up. Like, <laughs> like though, I can make them disappear. <laughs> Do you summon him? Yeah. So, like, this dragon just poof in the middle of the voice's office, and he, like, stands reaching for his nightstick, just. Numathis, this is my boss. Be nice. Calms himself down a little bit, and he says, Okay. Does he speak? And Numathis says, Why, yes, I do. Okay. In order for you to. In order for you, Caritas, to continue working for the Edge Watch. And then Numathis, like, pipes in again, like, and continue beating up all these nasty creatures. Um, as I was saying, in order for you to continue, I will need you... What's your name? Numathis. Okay. I will need you to agree to a couple of things. You seem to be incredibly violent. That is correct. Um, can you tone it down a little bit? Just a little bit? Just a, just a tiny little bit. He'll tone it down a bit, I swear. Okay. And as a sentient being, uh, I am actually going to have to officially hire you. And Numathis <laughs> just kind of like shrugs a little bit like, okay. Uh, the paperwork, he has paperwork already arranged. I guess he was, I guess he like on, is, uh, has a habit of hiring new officers considering it is a lot of people around and he needs officers. So it's not really a signature so much as like he just, and Numathis just kind of like takes... His claw dips it in like a pot of ink and just scribbles a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't make a word at all, but it's just like alrighty. Wait, can can he hire Ethy? Not like can actually. You... I just want Ethy to feel included. Uh, and then he, he the boss continues to call Tiles. I won't be hiring Ethy because Ethy is not a sentient. Well, is sentient, but isn't a no, conscious. Ethy will be sad. Ethy has to feel involved. I don't. Again, you're not here, <laughs> so he just continues talking as if responding to an invisible force. I don't care, really. Uh, we can deputize them of a sort, but Ethi is cannot speak, and Numathus like kind of growls a little bit and says, oh. "Wait, wait! If we if we deputize Ethi, can he get one of those plastic badges that we just?" <laughs> Literally, <laughs> by the way, Lavoie just kind of like gingerly places like a badge on Numathus, and Numathus like looks down, sniffs it, solid metal, shiny, suffice, and then he like poofs himself, um, <laughs> uh, then. The voice is like, okay. 
This is a little strange. I've never dealt with something like this before. If you keep them under control, everything's going to go swimmingly. Okay, I can do but that. <laughs> Good. He dismisses you. Um, okay, bye, <clears throat> thanks. Uh, <laughs> do you guys sleep relatively peacefully, waking up again the next day? Aliara, you would know, uh, Just this is something that you would keep track of. This is a full moon okay. uh, today. But What does that mean? Oh, you'll, you know. Uh, Aliara is secretly a werewolf. Ah, um, I thought it. Just try. It's all fine. You guys walk in for your next shift, and Olo is uncharacteristically animated. That's cute. I felt that. That's me, honestly. I would, again, I would appreciate if you don't call me cute. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's very handsome. <laughs> Please just don't comment on my appearance. No, it wasn't about your appearance. It was more about your personality. Moving on. Um, I have just received word that a menagerie... Um, night, he looks down at a paper in his hand. What the fuck is a menagerie? A menagerie is like a zoo, sort of. Um, oh, a zoo. A menagerie... He looks down his, uh, at his paper. Night's Marvelous Menagerie. A small zoo in the... Precipice Quarter, you know, here, which is why I'm talking to you. I've received word that some of the creatures have escaped and are surrounding, uh, are terrorizing not only the, visis- the visitors, but the surrounding businesses. <clears throat> I'm going to need you to move over there as soon as you possibly can and assess the situation and try to get everything under control. Wait, this we is more not kill animals. Yes. I don't, yeah, uh, I won't kill any animals. No hurt animal. No, I don't really care if you uh, kill the animal, so I'd prefer if you didn't, but, you know, do what you have to do. <laughs> Excuse you. There will be no more zoo. <laughs> you guys rush over to the uh, menagerie as you reach the surrounding areas of the zoo. Before you... Ew, what the f*** is that? Exactly. Tents, wagons, and carpets displaying goods for sale define a small marketplace just outside the zoo's fence. Panicked merchants shout from behind wagon doors or tightly closed tent flaps. Not sure how much to help that will be. On one of the carpets, a life-size statue of a merchant wraps its arms around an array of fine vases, as if desperately trying to protect them from something, or someone. Several other small rugs and pillows have been piled haphazardly in the market center, around which a stalks a strange creature resembling a bat-winged chicken, which screeches uh, challenges. It um, crows like a rooster, and you get an eyeful of the extraordinarily ugly creature. And this Excuse is you. how we will end like an tomorrow, ugly tonight's episode. Bird. Excuse wow. you? Nice. Wait, what does it look like? I'm pulling up the handout. Oh, there it is. Oh, wait, no, What's I kind of love that. It's a cockatrice. They're adorable. Oh, God. I didn't realize I had the name of the creature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I already knew. <laughs> I figured. I've heard of that creature before. It looks a boss, not gonna lie. Well, everyone, uh, thanks for playing with me. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. Uh, that will be tonight's episode.
Thank you for listening to the Phantasmal Treasure Podcast, a bi-weekly actual play of the Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path. Leave a review on your podcasting platform of choice, send us emails at phantasmaltreasure at gmail.com, or reach out to us via Facebook. I will see you again in two weeks.